Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host. Pat Miller, the idea coach. A conversation for small business owners by a small business owner. And this is America's Small Business Conversation. Welcome to this week's show. I'm Pat Miller, the idea coach. What are we trying to do here? We're trying to solve problems. We're trying to keep you moving forward. And ultimately, we want you to win. And to win, you got to sell some stuff. And today's show is really getting after that. We've got two segments on marketing and we have a small business celebration from someone that moved states and reset up their business and made it work. We'll learn from her later on in the show. But one way that you can sell stuff is to get your act together. And you got to get your act together by talking with your ideal clients for free every week. How do you do that? Well, you do it with an email newsletter. You're running an email newsletter, right? You are talking with your best customers every week, aren't you? Not everyone is. And that's okay because the concept can be a little overwhelming and it can be confusing. What should I do and how often should I send out and what should I talk about and all of those sorts of things. So I wanted to take a minute and talk about email newsletters and what it takes to make one, what it takes to make it good, And when it works, what it can do for your business. So let's start here. If you ever run into someone and they say, email marketing is dead, shake their hand and walk away. Because email marketing is not dead. And the only people that are saying email marketing is dead are people that are selling other marketing solutions. Okay? Email marketing is not dead. If you do it well and you get yourself in front of your ideal customers repeatedly. So anyone that's telling you not to do email marketing is probably trying to sell you something else. The second thing about email marketing is that we get really confused because we wonder, well, what does a good job look like? How many times should I email my customers? What should I talk about? So let's break that down. The first thing is how frequently should I email my customers? What I always tell people is find a frequency that you can maintain. If I came to you and said, listen, we need to send an email newsletter every day, you know, your hair might catch on fire. That might be just simply overwhelming to you as a one-person shop or as a 10-person shop that's got a lot of other stuff to do. So the first thing is to pick a frequency you can maintain. That might be weekly. That might be every other week. And in some instances, that might be monthly. That's okay. If you're not doing anything right now, A monthly newsletter is a heck of a lot better than doing nothing at all. Then the most important consideration is, what do you want to put in the email newsletter? 
Because you can't make it an email newsletter where the content is this. Hey, buy my stuff. That's not an email newsletter. An email newsletter or a regular communication should inform people about what you're doing. Maybe it inspires them. Maybe it celebrates people. Or maybe it teaches them something that they don't know. That's my favorite kind of email newsletter. So let's imagine you're a travel agent and you need to have an email newsletter. Well, what would be a really engaging email newsletter that people would want to read? Well, a travel agent could do a monthly or bi-weekly or weekly newsletter on travel secrets from this travel agent. And it could be how to navigate airport security better. It could be how to feel safe when you're traveling abroad. It could be what airports to go through and which ones to avoid. It could be what days to book your airline travel on. It could be all of these different things, but it will position you as the expert, as the person that's selling your authority. Because what are you trying to get people to do when you're a travel agent? You're trying to get them to trust that you know more about travel than they do. So teaching them little tidbits of how to take trips would position you as an expert on travel. Now apply that to what you do. If you're a CPA, what could you teach people about how to operate their business so tax time is easier? Or ways that they could save on taxes or ways that they could save more money. Your business is money. We know that you're the expert in that area. So how can you share content that makes us understand you know more about it than we do. And if you have some fun with this, you can draw on some different wells as you write your email newsletters. It could be uh, things that you've learned while doing your job. It could be customer stories, things that you've seen that you want to pass along without identifying the customer, of course. It could be popular content that's going around amongst other CPAs or amongst other travel agents, things that you're noticing. It could be your take on something that's going on in the industry. All of these things are out there for you to draw on the inspiration, but you get the opportunity to teach through your expertise to position yourself as the expert to the person that opens the newsletter. If you're just joining us, we're talking about how to set up an email newsletter that people will want to read and will position you as the authority in front of your ideal clients. The next question that comes up often is, okay, I get the idea of sending a newsletter and yeah, I can come up with some stuff to teach or some insider secrets to share, but I don't know if I can do this every week forever or every month forever. You don't have to. What if, instead of doing an ongoing commitment every week forever, you think about it like a podcaster might, and you say, travel season is coming in June. To get you ready, I'm going to do a six-week series on travel secrets from the travel agent. Now, that happens to coincide with when they should be talking with you to book the travel, strategery, right? But it also gives you a start and finish line. When you write those six newsletters, you're done for now. So maybe you're sending an email sequence or an email series once a quarter. So you send out in late spring the summer travel secrets. And then in late summer, you're sending out where to spend the holidays. And then around the holidays, you're talking about giving the gift of travel and so on. 
boom, you've got your email newsletters all set and ready to go to get inside the head of your customer at peak buying time. Because what you want to think about is, when do I want them thinking of me? That's when you want to be inside their email newsletters. And that's also a way you can kind of let go of the idea that you're signing up to do a newsletter every week till the end of time, because that can be really, really heavy. So we've talked about the frequency, how many times you should email folks. We talked about different types of content that you can put inside your email newsletter. Then we talked about a series or an ongoing kind of commitment. The fourth one I want to talk about is something that makes people feel a little weird, and that is outsourcing. Odds are you are not walking the planet to be a copywriter. You are walking the planet to be an architect, to be a florist, to be a travel agent, to be a CPA. You can write a newsletter if you need to, but as Gay Hendricks says, that might be your zone of excellence, not your zone of genius. So what about outsourcing to a copywriter? Now you might think, whoa, wait a minute. I'm the only one that can write my own newsletter. Well, sorry to break it to you, you're wrong. So how can you outsource and still have someone write in your voice? Here's a quick cheat. Get your phone, put it on the recording mode, talk into your phone and tell the copywriter what you want to say. Okay, Sally, that's our imaginary copywriter, by the way. Sally, uh, you know, when you go through Heathrow Airport in London, you got to stop at this one fish and chip stand. It was voted the best one in the UK. You'd never think it in the airport would have the best one, but it's really tremendous. I want to put that in my newsletter, and I want to remind people about the fair sale, and I want to tell people about the thing. And then you send that to your copywriter, and they draft everything. And then you say, yep, that looks good, and then change this to that, and do this, this, and you're done. Then you're not even having to write a newsletter. You're having to tell a copywriter what should be in the newsletter. Outsourcing is a superpower, and don't get hung up on the idea that you're the only one that can do the thing, because you're not. One last thought on email newsletters. When you start writing it, you're going to take it very personally when people unsubscribe. Don't. Unsubscribes are a gift. Every time someone leaves your newsletter list that doesn't like your content or doesn't want it, they're raising their hand to say, you know what? I'm not your people. And your list gets more and more pure of people that love you. Don't take it personally. It happens all the time. Email newsletters are awesome. It's a great way that you can market your business and they still work. Hopefully this helped. Email newsletters, that's one way that you can go about marketing your small business, but there are a million different ways. There are also a million different questions about small business marketing. Good thing we have the person that's literally written the book on small business marketing on today's show. Coming up, we are going to talk with Lisa Rabel, the author of the new book, The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing, Stop Committing Random Acts of Marketing. She's really sharp, and she's going to help answer your questions about marketing your small business. That's coming up next on America's Small Business Conversation. This is The Pat Miller Show. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You 
have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face -face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the show. Each week, I like to share another show, like a podcast, that you could use to further expand your knowledge as a small business owner. We call it The Show You Should Know, and it's powered by Podcast Town. Podcast Town helps busy small business owners grow their business through podcasting. They help you launch, grow, and maximize your podcast. Learn more at podcasttown.net. This week's show you should know is the Believe Crew podcast. On the Believe Crew podcast, the business is you. Host Jamie White interviews coaches, entrepreneurs, and authors who share their stories, inspiring us to go where they have gone. Find this show and other recommended podcasts on our website, patmillershow.com. Hit up patmillershow.com for the show you should know. And if you've got a podcast, reach out and let us know, and maybe we can feature you in an upcoming episode. We mentioned this is a marketing super show. We're spending two segments of the program talking about ways that you can grow the business by getting the attention of your customers and then selling the customers once you have their attention. And one of the smartest marketing minds we know is here to teach us, and it's kind of a special occasion. So let's welcome back to the show, Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing. Lisa, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on again, Pat. I'm so pumped about what we're talking about today. Well, I'm excited about what we're talking about, and we're going to do that in a second, but I think we all need to like stand and applaud because this was a big week for you. Share with us why this was a big week for you. <laughs> so um, based on the uh, encouragement, prodding, questioning, poking, moving me forward of Pat Miller, the one and only Pat Miller, I wrote a book about marketing and it launched on February 14th and I am absolutely positively thrilled. You should be because it's really good. In fact, it's almost too good. When I read it, I thought to myself, wait, this is like two or three books worth of value jammed into one. The book is called The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing. Stop committing random acts of marketing. Why did you write the book, Lisa? So. What's funny is that when I started Rebel Girl Marketing back in um, 2018, my whole point was that I saw too many small businesses struggle and sometimes they didn't make it. And it was all because they didn't know how to either talk about their business or sell to the people that they sold to. So in the um, few, de let's just say a few decades worth of corporate America, working in corporate America, I took all that knowledge that I learned being a salesperson, 
and or a marketing director, and I'm applying it to help small businesses stay in business. What a great mission something we can all get around. And as a small business owner, we're grateful for that. It's a great book. You should check it out. Rebelgirlmarketing.com is the website. So let's talk about the concepts inside the book, because I want someone that's listening to this to get something out of it and get better at marketing their business. You talked about how marketing is really talking about their business. Do you think the average small business owner doesn't know how to talk about their business, like what to say, or how to do it as far as frequency and consistency and those sorts of things? I think it's both. People think that if you do marketing, it has to be this like intense, convoluted, like has a structure to it that is so perfect. And sometimes it's just a matter of talking to, I always tell my clients, talk as if you're talking to a 12th grade career day make it as absolutely positively simple as possible. That's the whole point of marketing, simplicity. And what I love to say, this is the the rebel mindset aspect of what I do, is that marketing is simply storytelling. And then selling is simply telling that story to others. That's it. That sounds so simple. How can we make it so complicated if it's just storytelling? If you said, Pat, what are you doing? I should be able to just tell you about what I do. Why does it seem to overwhelm people so badly? It overwhelms people because they think they have to be perfect and they don't. They think they have to use these big, huge words and sound really smart and like know exactly what to say and when to say it. When honestly, when you're out talking to people, especially in like a networking conversation, it's, that's just it, conversation. And start, stop thinking like you have to have a sales pitch. I would love you guys to get rid of the term sales pitch and elevator pitch out of your vocabulary. Because in the first 30 seconds you talk to somebody, you're not gonna sell them anything. What I want you to do is I want you to inform. I want you to be able to say, this is what I do and this is how I help other people. That's it, that's all you have to say. Because all you want them to do is go, huh, tell me more. That's the person that does the thing. They should be able to say that after you tell them what you do. Yeah. And they go, that's cool. Tell me more. I mean, you don't want it to sound, I, I have a whole training on the, the power, creating a power pitch. And one of the things I like to talk about is that we've all met this person and we've probably always all been this person. I know I have been this person. I call it the show up and the throw up. The person who says anything and everything that's on their mind. The person who, like, by the time they get done talking, you know what their pets' names are, what their kids are doing this weekend, their entire resume. You know, and it's just keeping it simple. That's it. It's, I just want you guys to realize marketing does not have to be as complicated as we've made it. We're talking with Lisa Rabel, whose new book, The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing, Stop Committing Random Acts of Marketing, is out now. It came out on Valentine's Day, as a matter of fact, so it's something you might want to look into. We're going to talk about how to use everything that you teach in the book to make more sales in a minute. But I want to get to the title of the book, Stop Committing Random Acts of Marketing. Where did that come from? What does that mean? Because do you see clients doing random things left and right and not getting results? Oh, absolutely. It, that term actually came from somebody we, we both know and love, Brent, who's part of the Idea Collective. And he said that to me. He goes, I feel like every day when I wake up and I think about my marketing, I'm just committing random acts of marketing. I mean, to this day, I still giggle when I think of it because it is the most <laughs> succinct way to talk about how most business people feel about their marketing. Oh, I got to do a post today. What am I going to post about? Oh, I got 10 minutes before my next meeting. I'm just going to throw this out there just so I have a post. 
and it doesn't really make sense of like how it's incorporated into their season if it's, you have a seasonal business or their their new products or there's yeah throwing it against the wall to see if it sticks is good in marketing but not all the time we're going to give lisa a softball <laughs> before we turn our attention to how do we tell our story to sell how do we know where our customer <laughs> hangs out, Lisa? So uh, the best thing to do is take a look at your best customers. Not all your customers, your best customers. Because I've gotten some customers in the past that were referrals, and they were okay customers, but they didn't, they were my ideal clients. So take a look at your ideal clients and find out where you found them. Was it at an expo? Was it you were speaking at a conference and that's where you got most of your customers? That's where you want to do. You want to take a look at the people that you love to work with and find out where you found them. And then honestly, what you could do, and this is what I've done with mine, is I've just asked them, where did you, you know, where did you first hear about me? Did you hear about me before the referral? Did you, where, where do you consume your information? Because your customers who love you are there to, they're, they're really willing to help you. So if you don't know, Take some of your best customers and just ask them, where do you hang out? Do you do Facebook? Do you do LinkedIn? Are you a Pinterest person? All those kinds of things. Do you read the, you know, the community newspaper that shows up in your mailbox? All of those kinds of questions. Marketing is consistent storytelling, and we are learning on this marketing super show with Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing. Her new book, Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing, Stop Committing Random Acts of Marketing is out now. And we're gonna turn the attention to the other side. Once we have their attention, how do we turn their attention into sales? We'll talk with Lisa about that coming up next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. We're talking about something that we can all stand to learn, how to get people's attention and how we can sell more stuff. And we have an expert guest who's having a pretty good week, Lisa Rabel from Rebel Girl Marketing. Her new book, The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing, Stop Committing Random Acts of Marketing, was released this week, and you can get it at rebelgirlmarketing.com. Now, if you're just joining the conversation, earlier in the show, we talked about the basics of marketing, which she described as basically consistent storytelling, knowing what you would tell someone about your business to get their attention. But now we want to turn our attention that we know what to say. How do we present it to our ideal customers to make the sale. So Lisa, we talked about the attention getting part. 
talk to me about the making money part because I know that's what everybody wants to do. What do we do next? Well, it's interesting because if so back in 1994, there is a book that went out called Endless Referrals by a gentleman named Bob Berg, and he coined the concept of no like trust. No K-N-O-W, as in people know they have to exist. Like is the people like what you have to say. And then trust is they trust you enough to buy. That's the way I interpret it in the teachings that I do with my clients. So marketing, what we talked about first was the know, right? They know you exist. The like, they like what you have to say. But sales is taking it from like to trust. They might like what you have to say, but do they trust you enough to give you their hard-earned money and pay you for what you're for the product or the services that you're that you're trying to sell them? And I think it's really important for us to realize is that um, selling is all about getting people to understand how you help. It's not about um, you better buy from me because I'm the best. It's not about that at all. It's about creating mutually beneficial relationships with your customers. They get something from you, you get something from them, and you both, it's a win-win. So converting that conversation from, hey, this is the information that I'm giving you about how good I am to the sale is literally asking the question. People forget to ask for the sale because they think they're being pushy. There's a lot of ways to ask for the sale without sounding like you're a salesperson. Nobody wants to sound like a salesperson. We're all terrified of it. So, okay, I'm intrigued. How can we ask for the sale without sounding like a salesperson? <laughs> well, first of all, you use mutually beneficial language. Um, the way I see it, this is an example. The way I see it, this would be a great relationship to have. So what are the next steps that we need to take to move this conversation forward? It isn't get out your checkbook. Here's my invoice. It's like, let's take this conversation to the next level. What do we need to do that? And there are two questions that I always ask in prospect meetings. And I'm kind of giving away a little bit of the book here, but it's the two questions are this. The first one is, is there something we didn't talk about that you were hoping we would talk about? Because they may have a problem that they haven't they haven't told you about yet that they can say, oh, yeah, I actually this is what it sounds like you can help me with this problem that I have as well. So can we talk about that? So they're never leaving the conversation thinking it wasn't a full conversation. And here's the most important question. And I need you to say it exactly like this. Are there any red flags? And then quiet. Because another part of the book that I train about is that People take up to eight seconds to understand the question and up to, and then it's at least 15 seconds to formulate an answer. So for some reason in a sales conversation, we're always so eager to ask the next question. But when you ask a question, it's okay to <laughs> just stop talking and be patient and let the person respond. Now, the reason I say, why are there any red flags is because I don't want you saying words like objection or concerns or thing like, like, do you have any objections? Are there any concerns? Because then they'll think, well, maybe I should have a concern or an objection. The red flag is, to, is twofold. I even say this for people who are looking for jobs in an interview. Are there any red flags? Because what's going to happen is they're going to go, yeah, I actually do have this as a red flag. And then immediately you can overcome that objection. Because maybe they misunderstood something that you had that you were talking about. And the other thing is, is if they don't have any red flags, it's an immediate step in the yes direction. Because sales is all about getting them to the yes. 
Those two questions are brilliant, and I like the way that you phrased, are there any red flags? To go back to the first question of, is there anything that you hoped we would talk about that we haven't? That's a really smart way to introduce upsell opportunities, right? Because honestly, what it takes to sell are two skills. And I'm going to tell you everybody has these two skills. Well, (laughs) not everybody. But um, I have a joke there, but I'm going to be nice. Uh, The first one is you have to have a great story. That's what marketing is about. Get your story straight. Understand what the client wants to hear. Not about like, look at me, look at me. Don't I have a great story? But more like, this is how I help my customer's story. It has to be client forward, which means it's about them, not about you. Because one of the things I need you to understand is even though it's your story, it's their journey with you. I'm going to say that again. Even though it's your story, it's their journey with you and you have to put it in their perspective and how they would see you as we're, as, a, as somebody to partner with when whatever that is that you're selling. The other thing I need you to understand is that um, active listening is a skill, which is where the joke came in, but I decided to be nice. So active... <laughs> Active listening (laughs) is not listening to respond, but listening to learn. Because what's going to happen is that you think you're going to go in there. Like for me, I had a customer who she said, our sales are down. I think it's because of our our email strategy is bad. And I sat there and I actively listened. I didn't ask. I didn't talk a lot. Quite honestly, I just let her talk. Well, it turns out that email sales, the sales through email campaigning was down because they, the e-commerce was broken and they didn't know about that because they don't buy their own stuff. And so what happened was what turned into a two-month engagement to help their e-commerce turned into a nine-month engage- engagement fixing the entire client experience because the e-commerce led to the website and the website led to communications internally. Like, So you, you think that active listening in that situation was listening for things that the email problem was a symptom to a bigger underlying problem, which led to the upselling of my services. If you're listening and going, oh, 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 <laughs> aha, I've read the book. This is what she's doing for, I don't even know how many pages, but all the pages is like value bomb after value bomb. We're talking with Lisa Rabels. Her new book is Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing. Stop committing random acts of marketing. All right. Tell us this. Someone buys the book, they flip through it, they read it. What's the number one thing they're um, going to take away? The number one thing, one thing you're going to take away is twofold. Is one is that there is space within the book to write down your own answers for your business. So it's a it's a there's a way to personalize the business. So if I ask a question about what do you sell, a product, a service, or both, there's a place for you to put that information. So it personalizes it to your business. The second thing that I want you to take away from the book is the word intentionality. Marketing is all about being intentional, intentional with where you go, with what you say, and even the reason why you're doing marketing in the first place. And sales is the same way. You, you know, when we first start our business, we take anybody who's going to give us cash <laughs> as a customer. And then we learn pretty quickly who our ideal customer is and who our ideal customer isn't. So again, it goes back to intentionality. That's the one thing I want you to take away. We couldn't be more excited for the book. And I'm telling you, if this interview connected with you, go get it. RebelGirlMarketing.com. Lisa Rabel, congratulations on the book. And thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Pat. That was such a satisfying interview to do with Lisa Rabel. The reason why is that we've had the opportunity to collaborate for the last couple of years. And about a year ago at this time, she proclaimed to the VIP group that I run that she's a member of, hey, you know, I'm going to write a book. It's like January of last year. I'm going to write a book. So our mastermind group got our arms around her and cheered her on for the last year as she wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and really thought deeply about what she wanted to say about small business marketing. So what about you? I talked about this last week and I just wanted to bring it up again. Are you writing a book? Are you writing a keynote? Are you clarifying your thinking? Are you challenging yourself to say what must be said? I don't know why that's so on my mind right now. Maybe it's because we launched the Pat Miller Show and I'm out here trying to solve small business problems and I'm on fire to do it. But what about you? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? How are you trying to innovate? And when is the last time you stopped and thought about it? What's going on in your industry that you don't believe? What's a better way to do the thing that everybody does? Have you thought about that lately? It might not be a book and it might not be a keynote. It might be your secret way of doing your business that excites and delights your clients. But we've all got something that's right here, this right here that we believe in. And I don't want that to just leave with you. I'm challenging you to think about that. I'm challenging you this afternoon, grab a notebook and think about it. Are you pushing your thoughts Are you exploring what you really believe? And are you doing everything you can to make a difference? You need more inspiration? We're going to do a small business celebration. Alisa Ellis is next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, 
and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, where we are solving small business problems on air every weekend. And when you solve a problem, you can't just move on to the next one. You've got to stop and you need to celebrate your wins because when you celebrate your wins, you can focus on all of the good stuff that's happening in the business, not all of the bad stuff because that can weigh you down. We have a small business celebration on this week's show. Joining us is Alisa Ellis from Turnkey Style. Alisa, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super glad you're here, and I love hearing a good small business celebration. So before you tell us what we're celebrating, tell us what you do, and then tell us what you're celebrating. Okay, so I am a wardrobe stylist, and I'm passionate about helping people realize that personal styling is not just a wardrobe haul. It's about finding that inner confidence. It helps you take more risks for your dreams. And I work with clients all over the U.S. and abroad. And when you talk to people about wardrobe and style, and then you connect it to confidence, is that where the light bulb goes on for people that always thought it was just a fashion thing? Absolutely. I'm all about making style accessible because in I think in people's minds, it's this avant-garde, rock the runway type thing. But really, it's just about finding things that you feel authentic in that help you find your confidence so that you can be more productive, get more sales, all of these things that are intertwined with our businesses. That sounds super valuable. And I'm sure you've got something incredible to celebrate. So what are we celebrating today? So my celebration is I moved states uh, about 18 months ago, and I had to restart my business in a new state, new city, not knowing anybody. And I'm happy to say that I'm still here. I'm thriving. Gone into a new niche, and I'm super excited. Okay. So the concept to move from one place to another probably was terrifying. Was this voluntary? Like you just decided to move or you had to move for some reason? Yes. No, it was it was voluntary. We were empty nesters and we decided, to, you know, we'd go on a new adventure. And I really wasn't sure if it would work when we moved from one state to another, not knowing anybody. But we did. And then kind of revamping my business and starting over, so to speak, uh, that was a huge hill to climb. But it worked. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. It would be easy to think moving to a new place would be a bad thing or a difficult thing. But if you combined the move with a refocus or reposition, it sounds like it's a great opportunity. So how did you change the focus of the business? The the focus really changed for me. I just started networking in my new state, new city, meeting new people. And you know, it. someone reached out and said, hey, do you speak on this? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, I do. <laughs> it, was, it was an idea that I'd kind of already been presenting. And so just making some small tweaks to work with sort of one-on-one individuals to businesses and corporations or entrepreneurs to corporations. And it just kind of kept evolving. And it's it's been great for my business. 
So with this new opportunity, going to a new place, a clean slate, is there anything that you did differently to establish yourself here besides saying yes when people said, do you speak on a thing? And pro tip, if someone says, do you speak on a thing, always say yes. Of course I do, all the time. So what else did you do differently when you moved from one place to another? I think it's more about that, just saying yes. My word last year was yes. And just being open to new opportunities and seeing how it might fit into my business. And not everything worked, but I was more open to say yes to new opportunities and chose faith over fear. And so things just, doors kept opening, people kept, you know, asking, and I kept saying yes and moving one foot in front of the other. Now you chose faith over fear. How did you do that? People talk about that all the time, and that sounds terrifying, which is faith over fear. That's the whole point. So was it a mantra? Was it a daily practice? How did you go about that? It's a, it's still a daily practice. You know, I talked with my business coach yesterday, and there's a, a new opportunity that came to me just last week. And so I'm choosing faith over fear that I can figure it out and it'll work. And that it's okay if it doesn't work. I'll never know if I don't try. If someone's never thought about having a wardrobe stylist before, who's the right person? How are they feeling when it's the right time to get in touch with someone like you? Sure. Most of my clients are ready for a change or they're in some type of transition. They might be going from one job to another or their job has changed. I have a lot of clients who used to go into the office five days a week and now they're working from home three days a week or two days a week. And they really want their wardrobe to work for them. They don't know. They don't like shopping. They don't know how to shop. They don't know what the personal brand is. They don't have time, right? And so I help people find what they feel authentic in, what they feel confident in, and potentially save money trying to find, trying to help them find what works for their life, their work life, their home life, their weekend life. Similar to your move from where you used to live to where you are now, the move that people have made from what corporate told me to wear to out on my own personal brand working from home, that sounds equally as terrifying, but it could also be equally as liberating. Right. It's exciting. It really is. And the challenge is that the rules that used to apply pre-pandemic don't apply anymore. And so no one really knows what they're supposed to wear or how they're supposed to wear it or when they're supposed to wear it. And so I help walk people through that process so they can find their personal brand if they're entrepreneurs, if they want to up-level in corporate and want to be seen and stop being overlooked for promotions. It's a number of different things. Let's talk about finding that personal brand. Literally the look that fits you, that makes you feel confident. When you dial it in for someone and they find their style, what happens to them? They have a change in persona almost. I just worked with a client in the UK and she sent me the most beautiful email. She said that people started commenting and telling her she was glamorous and stunning. And she said that she'd never heard that before. And it was a simple shift of knowing that she could look good and feel good and be confident. And she didn't have to spend a lot of money on clothes. It was just about feeling confident in what she was wearing. And it was an amazing transformation that was just a really easy shift by changing what she was wearing. It's a good conversation because I don't think people think about it enough that the clothes that we put on, the style that we present, says a lot about how we're feeling about ourselves and who Absolutely. we want to project. Absolutely. And that 
outward expression of our internal dialogue uh, doesn't get talked about enough. So congratulations on the move from one place to another for reestablishing and refocusing. And thank you for helping us a little bit about how to use a wardrobe stylist. Alisa Ellis from Turnkey Style, congratulations on the success and thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thanks so much for having me. I love a good small business celebration. It just makes me feel so good and it makes the weekend feel like this last week was worth it. Doesn't it fire you up to hear people win? You've had a win lately, right? Well, I need to hear about it. When are you coming on the show? Visit patmillershow.com. That's patmillershow.com. I want to hear your small business celebration. I want to collaborate with you live on the air. Hit the website and you could be a part of America's Small Business Conversation. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on The Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.